What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Brandon the Brand Lee. And I'm kicking it with my guys over here, man, at Black Men Sunday. It's a Black Men Sunday. Time to put all childish things away. I refuse to be the man I was yesterday. Gotta put my best foot forward and elevate. What's going on, everybody? This is Black Men Sundays. So I'm your host, Corey Sylvester Murray, and we're talking about generational wealth. We're talking about finance and of course we're talking about business and on today's show our special guest brandon lee known as the brand this brother makes six figures a month in real estate this brother's an author this brother's a real estate professional this brother's a financial advisor this brother's out of atlanta this brother's an atlanta serial entrepreneur we're gonna find out what all that is this brother has a film production company this brother has written four books rich off real estate is one of the books he's written he's also have a rich off real estate program we're gonna find out how can we get involved with that is that something we can just go to a website sign up for we don't know we're gonna find out but this brother gives one-on-one -on -one tips this brother here we're gonna talk about business funding we're gonna talk about what double closing is everybody every week asks me on black men sundays everybody wants to talk about real estate flipping homes how can i flip a home i don't want to use my money how can we do that so without further ado brandon lee the brand welcome to black men sundays brother how you doing what's going on brother it's a pleasure to be here definitely and let's go on and get started as i mentioned in your intro you've written four books um you do credit repair and one thing i noticed you know we had melody sheree from love and marriage um huntsville and one thing I see that y'all have in common, both y'all are real estate professionals, real estate businesses, and both of you guys have film production companies. And on top of that, y'all have one-on-one -on -one programs to assist people. So am I missing out on something? Or are the wealthy people really collaborating out here? Let's go. Well, I'll tell you, shout out to Melody. Uh, one thing we do have is the same stylist. So we both work with... Um... We both work with Troy Clinton as our stylist, our personal stylist. So even though she's like famous and I'm kind of low key, um, you know, I think it started with that. Like, so we, I feel like me and Melody have a, a connection and we don't even really know each other. Uh, and she works with my publicist, you you know, our man. And so, uh, so yeah, I think it's always, I think similar, I think like-minded people do similar things. You know what I'm saying? Um, everything from working out to, the type of things that we do on a regular day basis. So yeah, shout out to Melody. All right, so let's start, man. Everyone knows real estate's the largest asset class. You know, we know we gotta have a good credit score to get in, gotta have some money down, but we wanna know, I'm coming out the gates, man. We talking about generational wealth. What's double closing? So double closing is, you know, to, to before I get into double closing, we are gonna talk about wholesaling, of course. Uh, so. I find a property, let's just say you got property A, 123 Main Street in New Orleans. I worked a deal out with you where you give me the property for $50,000, just making up a number. I basically get that property under contract. Now I have equitable interest in the property, meaning I could sell it, I could buy it, I could assign it to someone else. So now what I do is I find another buyer that wants to pay me sixty dollars or $70,000 for it, right? Now, we could do assignment of contract where I just basically sell you my contract the same way I could sell you my artists uh, in the music business. But instead, if I sell you the contract via assignment, 
you see how much money I got it for. You get to see that $20,000 that I'm making in between. And you might get mad and say, no, I don't think Brandon should make 20,000. So what I do is I set up first escrow to go ahead and close the property. And then I, the end buyer comes in and I do a double closing. Now, the difference between an assignment contract and a double closing, I got to pay for two closings. So we may make it where you pay for both of them as the, the end buyer, or I may pay for one of them, but that's another topic. Like we can go deeper into it, but basically it's two closings to where the end buyer's money comes in and pays off the first transaction and the second transaction. So I still make my money. I lose just a little bit on the closing or just the uh, transfer of title and things like that, but you never get to see how much money I make. And so that's the double close. I got you. Yeah, because I was doing some research on you and I was like, that sounds pretty interesting because I saw with the uh, double closing that there's no you don't really have to put any money down. So that leads to my next question. Like, you know, when we talk about brothers flipping homes, because I feel like black men, man, we could sell. I could sell water to a well right now with ease. But when it comes to these properties and these homes, it's like, whoa, that's some big money, you know. Um, but let's talk about flipping homes. How can we flip a house, close, and not spend our personal money, though? How can we achieve that? Because I feel like that's like a game breaker. It is. I mean, so the word flip basically, of course, means like we selling that property, right? So the wholesale that I just kind of explained, that's a flip. The way I started flipping was I buy the property with my own cash. I never, I didn't even use loans back in the day. I buy the property with my cash. I fix it up with my cash and I sell it to someone else, right? I did so many of those. Now I had money, but if you don't have money, you can either use a hard money lender where you may put down 10% and a hard money lender will do 90% of the acquisition and then all of the rehab. Now, how do you get the 10%, right? Let's just say you got the 10% is 50,000, 20,000, whatever. That's where the good credit comes into play where we can go get a personal loan. We can go get a business credit card. We can go get uh, a line of credit. And now we use that to actually pay the down payment. Let's go a step further. If we don't have the credit, we use a credit partner. We use our girlfriend, our friend, our buddy, our mom, our aunt who has the good credit. And we use, and we get the money, the credit card or whatever in their name. And we do the same thing. Or we borrow the money from someone that we know has it. And we give them a little interest on the deal. So there's tons of ways to do the deal. We can make it where the seller actually does a seller finance with us and doesn't take all the money right now and get more money on the back end. There's so many creative strategies that we can use to actually get in the in the game with no money down. Definitely. Yeah, because you know when I hear a lot of people, um, especially people that are millionaires that are accomplished, you know, one thing that, especially on Black Men's Sundays, we've had a lot of CEOs, we've had brothers with seven streams of income. One thing I'm noticing is all the brother, well, not all, but a lot of the brothers that are heavy in real estate are in the Atlanta area. I'm like, that's kind of coincidental. Um, did you play a sport or something? Don't, yeah. don't tell me you play football. Oh man. I played football. I ran track. I did discus. I did I did a lot of sports. I did anything I could do, you know, to try to come up. And when I got, when I tore my ACL in, in football, I realized I was going to, excuse me, I was going to have to get the money off my brain. So although I might look like an athlete, you know what I'm saying? I think like a scholar. A lot of us not going pro. You know what I'm saying? Some of my friends went pro and I find myself loaning them money. You know what I mean? So 
Um, we got to get out of that notion that, oh, he's tall. He's seven feet tall. He's going to be an NBA star. How about he be a CEO and he just demands attention when he walk in the room, looking good with his suit on and be the smartest brother in the room. You see what I'm saying? Uh, so I think we got to go to that. If he look, you know, real muscular, let's just say he demands that attention when he walks in the room, but he don't have to play football. Even though that's a thing they ask me every time I go into a room. You know what I'm saying? And, and I guess that helps. Yeah, but you know, it's Black Men Sundays. It's Black Men Intelligence at its finest. So that's what we try to go. pull out. That's, you know, you know, I love the athletic and all because we've had brothers play for the Patriots came on the show, but you know, and we've had rappers come on the show, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about this generational wealth that people are like, wow, I didn't even know that he had that side of him. And that leads to my next question. You know, you wrote a book, Rich Off Real Estate. You also have a program, Rich Off Real Estate, where you give one-on-one -on -one coaching. So, but I noticed it's not a situation to where I can just go to the website, spend some money, and I have access to you. I noticed, you know, it's almost like a, a tryout for a sports team. That's why I kind of like started the prerequisite with that question. So what are the qualifications for brothers and sisters to get in the rich off real estate program, my brother? Somebody on my team or myself really needs to vet you. Um, I talk to a lot of clients in all of my businesses and they say, B, why don't you have a buy now button? And honestly, I would make so much money, more money if I had a buy now button, but I don't want to wake up and have thousands of dollars in my account. And then I realize this person is not mentally ready to work with me. They kind of, um, they got the wrong idea. They think they just put up some money and they get rich all of a sudden. I don't want to work with that client. You know what I'm saying? I may send that client to a different person that I'm friends with to get some mindset coaching. You know what I'm saying? Or they may not have credit or they may not have this or that. So it really just, I really want to kind of um, interview that client and make sure they meet the criteria mentally before they give me a dollar. You know what I'm saying? Um, I really want to make sure that this, that this client, that I feel like the real estate or whatever is 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 kind of like they're cut out for it because they may not be cut out for this. They may be better suited for a marketing company or trucking or whatever. And after getting off the phone with them, I'll say, you know what, this is not for you right now. Maybe you should do this or maybe you should invest in this or, you know, so I like to have a conversation with who I do business with before I just wake up and, uh, you know, a new person is in my in my system. I just it's, you know, I just feel like I'm doing a disservice if I just if I did it the other way. Yeah, definitely. And what are the qualifications to get in the program, though? Of course, you got to have the, the capital to do it, right? But there's different levels of real estate investors. Some people have money and they don't have the time. So if you don't have the time, you're not going to be a good wholesaler. You can't go out here and find deals, right? You may need to get in on the investing side. You may be a lender, you know, or you may need to partner up with one of my other students that's a really great wholesaler. And then they sell deals to you and you may be a landlord. You may be uh, someone that's going to do a development. So I just really need to figure out where your income is, where your credit is, but uh, most importantly, where your mindset is. Uh, that's the main thing. And then, of course, how much time you have on your hand. Yeah, definitely. And the reason why I keep asking that, because, you know, as Black people, you know, there's systematic oppression that blocks us from achieving generational wealth. So what aspect of real estate and what was the impetus for you getting into real estate and realizing that I can really make money off of this? Because as black people, you know, a lot of times with real estate, like I remember like great grandmas, you know, don't buy no house. What if a pipe bursts? You're going to have some problems. 
But, you know, we're starting to see now, and I would say like in the last 15 years, we're really starting to see that generational wealth. You need some real estate to do that. So what was the impetus for you? So I grew up in New Orleans and the second half of my youth, I grew, I, I, I kind of uh, lived in Mississippi. But I, in real life, I went through kind of like the rich dad, poor dad situation, but it was like street uncle, business uncle situation, right? So uh, I watched my, uh, my one uncle do a lot of things, you know, in the street, um, became a millionaire. And I watched my other uncle do a lot of business things such as real estate, loans, a lot of things that I'm doing now. And I see where he ended up at. The one went to jail and the other one, you know, became, he kept the money. Both of them made a lot of money, but he kept more money. And so I just kind of patterned myself after a little bit after both of them because the one was a little bit more cool, right? You know, kind of uh, in shape and more like what you may see when you see me. But the other one had this, both of them had it. But as far as the business side and the real estate and the financial stuff, I kind of got from him. So I kind of merged that together. Uh, and that's so growing up, all I saw was business in the name of the family, whether they was in the street, whether they was doing construction or doing real estate. That's all I saw. So I think with kids, it's about what they're exposed to. I was exposed to business from an early age. My grandmother was a well-known cook in New Orleans, had a restaurant. So I just kind of saw business from an early age and the ups and downs of it. We weren't always rich. We wasn't always poor. We wasn't, you know, it was, it was middle class, but I just saw business and I knew what came with it. Definitely. And for brothers out there that have a property like myself, I have a property, but I want to invest in some other properties. But then there's brothers out there that don't have a property that are trying to get in the game. So I'm just saying from a, a credit repair perspective, because you're a credit repair specialist as well. What credit score do we need to have? Like, what's the minimum? Like, you know, everybody says 700, but do we really need like a 750, 740, you know? And then on top of that, what type of money do we need to just have sitting around? Because I hear brothers, you know, that say I have a property, but you know, the AC or something goes out, it's a 15,000, they want to get storm windows. Now it's another 20,000. They're like, oh, I don't really have that money. So what type of capital should be sitting around? And it's a two-part question. If you are a That's first a super time- That's question, but I got you. I got you. I got you, I got man. You, you know, hey, outside of Orange County, fam, you educated right here. You know what I'm saying? That's you. how we do it. But on the second side of that question, though, um, for the brothers that don't have a property that's been renting this whole time, what type of credit score and what kind of money should they have lying around for closing costs and things of that sort? Okay, cool. That You know, that question is a, is a great question. Um, a lot of people, it, I would say a coach or if I was sitting in a seat and I didn't know what I know, I would be stumbling listening to that question. I'd be like, oh my God, this dude trying to get me. Uh, but what we got to do, let's break this into two categories. We got investment properties, we got personal properties, right? So if you don't own a home and you are uh, renting and you want to own a home, you can go through an FHA program. So you can buy that property for 3.5% on the FHA. You know what I mean? So a $200,000 property, you're going to put down like $7,000. is nothing for the most part. Um, in which you can get gifts from your mom, your sister, your cousin. You can go do, you can do a church pick, a church uh uh, fish fry or whatever to get that money right so that's not an issue and you could also 
do a duplex and you can rent the other side out and make money that way up to four units with an FHA or even a VA property. So if you're coming out the military or you, you know, want to get an FHA, you're not a military. The second thing, so with FHA, your credit score, I would say need to be about 620, you know, try to avoid all the extra stuff and the scrutiny and the PMI and all that different insurance type of things that you, you know, you want to avoid, right? PMI is private mortgage insurance. So if you got a job, you can get in the home. You know, you're going to have, you want to be on your job two years. Uh, you can be on it less. They just want to see stable income. But if you own a business, you say you're an entrepreneur and you do a bank statement loan, they like to see two years. This changes all the time. So don't take this at face value because uh, I don't do, I don't do uh, residential mortgages. Uh, I was in partnership with someone who did. So I, I get them ready before they go there credit wise. Uh, and I did a lot of the closings on the real estate side. Now, on the investor side, your credit really doesn't matter when it comes to that cover service ratio. Uh, basically, it means the rent pays the mortgage, right? So you don't have to have a great uh, credit score to do that. That's an asset-based loan where it's getting basically reviewed over how much money is this thing going to bring in. So if the mortgage is $1,200 and the rent is $1,400, it's already approved. Once it goes through underwriting, it appraises, you're great. So it's not so much based on your personal credit, your per not even your personal finance. You don't even need to do a W-2. I mean, you don't even need to do uh, your taxes or anything. I don't want to see any of that stuff. All they care about is can the asset, can the mortgage be paid by the rent? So that's an investment loan. But this is the, but, this is the caveat. You need 20% to 20% to 25% down to get in one of those. And that's the type of loan. And they're 30-year fixed. The interest rate is a little bit more, but those type of loans, you're going to need some money. And that's where having a good credit can get you in there because you can go get a loan, a credit card, a line of credit off of your business or your personal and use that as a down payment to get in that property. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. Great information. Man. You're killing it right now. I'm just loving it. I just got stumbled on that debt cover because that, that's the new name that they came out with. We just called it investment loans for years. We've been doing these loans since uh, 2005 or something like that. So, uh, yeah. so that's one way. Okay. The, another way we can get into properties, a lot of people have been talking about this lately. I've been doing this for over a decade. It's called Subject 2. You got a property. You're about to lose it. I take over the mortgage. Everybody acts like this is like just the, the most complicated strategy in the world. I've literally been doing this since I was probably 23 or 24. But I, again, I learned this from my uncle who's, who did it all um, and would take over mortgages all the time. But most of the properties that I've acquired in my career was subject to. So I would catch people right before they're about to lose the house. It's about to go to auction anyway. And I'll go give them a couple thousand dollars to let me take over the mortgage. Now I got their interest rate. I got all of the equity, you know, and I got this property without using my credit. I pay their mortgage. I saved their credit. I fixed their credit. So now they can go get in another property later because the property that I have still in their name get canceled out like it's rent. And so everybody's great. It's a win-win situation and you avoid the foreclosure. So back in the day, let's say around 2010, all the way to like 15, when so many people didn't flood back in the game because they were still kind of scared off the last crash. That's all me and my crew was doing 
was doing subject two, taking over. So when you see stuff like Save Your House, um, blah, 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 I was doing a lot of those from Detroit, Atlanta, all over the country. Me, some of my clients, some of my students, and some of my friends. That could be called lease option, um, subject to, depending on the state. Some states won't let you do it that way, so you got to do a land contract uh, and have the title in escrow, such as like Milwaukee, which was one of my top places. But then places like Detroit, you could do a straight subject to. Uh, but it, in a lot of cases, legally, it makes more sense to do a, um, a lease option or a lease purchase. That way, if, if the market goes to hell, you know, excuse my French, and I said, you know what, I can't even afford to hold this anymore. I don't get caught with any of the uh, scrutiny and the backlash of, of basically even because the foreclosure will be on their mortgage, but I'm still on the title if I switch the title to my name. And so we both can get hit with the foreclosure. And then there's some legalities that you have to learn your way around if you get in this part of the game. But this is an excellent strategy. Uh, right now, it's a little bit different because of COVID. People stayed in their house so long that when you get ready to take over the mortgage, they may owe like two years of mortgage. So it, sometimes it doesn't make sense to do it. You got to really know what you're doing. You, some people just take over a mortgage just to say they did it. And then I look at the paperwork and I'm like, yo, you could have just bought this property off the MLS and spent, you know, 10, 20% down. You didn't put down so much money and it didn't even attack the principal because they were just late. You paid all these doggone lawyer fees and all these late fees and you really didn't win, but you you wanted to flex on the ground. Oh, I did a subject to creative finance deal, but you really lost. You know what I'm saying? So it got the, the math ain't matting uh, on those type of deals if you don't know what you're talking about or what you're doing and you didn't get proper training. Definitely. You kind of took the question out of my mouth because I was going to ask you about subject two, but since you already went there. So when you do a subject two, who who has access to the deed then? We get the deed on the subject too. So basically, it's no difference than having, it's like a loan assumption, but we don't, with a loan, with a true loan assumption, I still got to get approved to take over your mortgage. I don't have to get approved for anything. We just switch the title into my name and and not the quick claim deed way. That's, that's not it because there's going to be no title insurance on that. And one day you can lose that property, even by the person who just sold it to you. So we do a real closing. And on the contract, it says, I'm buying this house for, let's just say you owe $200,000. Uh, you about to lose the house. So I do a regular contract, $200,000, subject to existing finance. I write that right next to it. Or if I'm on a Georgia bar form, because I'm actually a realtor, there'll be a sign down there that says, uh, subject to existing finance. So it's legal. Others been doing this for years. We just never knew about it. And so yeah. we get the title. We take over. We we can either make ourselves the beneficiary on their insurance or we get a new policy. A lot of times, if you go do too much stuff as far as reappraising it or re-evaluating um, it, now you, now you may end up having to pay more taxes because that property may have not been readjusted in 10, 20 years. So sometimes we like to keep it on the low and just say, okay, we're going to take over, do the deed and everything like that, but we're not going to change the the insurance and you know, we're just going to make ourselves the beneficiary instead of going to get a new policy and doing extra stuff because then they're going to go ahead and re-estimate it. Then insurance is going to be way higher than it was because not a property is what could be worth way more than it was when they did it the last time. So it's just all about knowing the numbers. If you don't know the numbers, you're going to lose. Wow. Hey, great information. I got like four more 
I really thought I was going to be on here by myself. I was about to Iverson, but my brother showed us. My man, Kalali, out of Maryland. What's up, my brother? What's up, man? How you doing, man? What's going on, King? Man, trying to maintain, you know, trying to trying to get like you, man. <laughs> hey, man, listen, we can collab and get like each other. That's what's up. Yeah, that's what's up. That's something that we've been looking into on Black Men Sunday for a long time is, is, is the real estate game, trying to understand how it is. Um, I've been... I've been looking into, I haven't done it yet. I still need to do it. I've been looking into taking uh, classes myself to be a realtor. So, you know, trying to get on that, trying to get on that market. So I'm trying to learn like, you know, the different schemes and different, uh, I won't call them schemes more like, <laughs> more, it's because I mean, uh, schemes has a bad connotation. You but know it kind of I mean? is though. Yeah, but, it, but so I, what, what we'll say is the different strategies you can use in the industry of real estate. <laughs> if you don't mind me interjecting really quick, Sure. I, I went, so I tried to go against, not really go against, but my uncle did so much stuff and was trying to make me his protege. And uh -huh. I wanted to go my own route. I'm like, oh, I'm going to real estate school. Real estate school taught me none of this game that I'm telling y'all. Real okay. estate school taught me how to go get in the MLS and work for somebody and go sell them a property. Most, mo most of the time at real estate school, they teach against wholesaling. They teach against double closing. They, they, now, now they're trying to make it a part of it. Shout out to like Keller Williams. They're really investor, uh, pro investor, because most of them are investors. But a lot of times, the only thing that the MLS gave me was, I guess, some credibility as a realtor, which depending on where you are, is not good, right? Because in mm. Georgia, I got to disclose that I'm an agent. So if I call you on the phone and say, hey, Mr. Whatever your name is, I want to buy your house. Right. And I'm calling this Brandon Lee, the brand realty group. I have to disclose to you that I'm an agent by law because of uh, code of ethics and, and morals, basically. Now, when I lived in Michigan, I didn't have to do that because I didn't get my license there. And I had an agent and I told her with it. You know what I'm saying? So, so again, you kind of kind of watch it when you get licensed. Now, my friends that's not licensed, they can do anything they want and nobody will hold them to uh, a standard because they're not a realtor. They don't have an R written on their R, on their on their um their card or on their name tag or whatever. So you got to really decide why am I getting a real estate license? Is it so people can think I'm, I'm I'm educated? Because now they have real estate developer schools. Like I could have went to college and got an MBA in real estate development, but I didn't know that it wasn't available when I went to school. So I find myself going back and going to get all those different certs. But if it's just to do investments, I wouldn't I wouldn't even waste the time because now you basically can get into MLS as a you know with prop stream and all these different gadgets they made up. You don't you don't need it. But you know, if it was me, I make my wife go get a real estate license. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now I can get in the door, she can sell all my properties, I can be the builder, she can be the agent. If we're gonna play it like that. That's right. real generational wealth, right? Or my kids or whatever, you know, I'll let them be the agent, but not if I'm doing what I think you want to do, depending on where you live, I wouldn't get a real estate license. Me personally. No, I got you. I got you. I think it'll probably be the other way around. I think that's what's happening right now. She's making me get the real estate license. So she the boss. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I hope I didn't uh, mess up her game just now, but no, it's, it's good. Nah. It nah, doesn't matter how it goes. Yeah, no, no, because because we run well. I mean, that's you know. So you know, I've I talked about this before. I was show. married. Listen, bro, I was married to a mortgage broker, right? I did yeah. the credit. She did the loans. I'm an agent. I refer to I would refer the real estate deal to another agent, take half of their money, and never leave the house. I, right. I know what you're trying to do. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So and I can then show it's you like, again. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, exactly. So back and forth on a on different industries. We got different businesses. So it's like she was like, "Well, I'm already, you know, you already making me do all of this stuff. So now I'm gonna make you go do." So I was like, "All right, all right." So yeah. So that's it's what the it truth, is. Though. So you got. I mean, it. when you're in a relationship, look, you know, she might be my publicist, and and and, and I'm her. Um, uh, uh, marketing director, you know what I'm exactly. saying? Yeah. It is what it is. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Unpaid jobs, right? Yeah, they, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that's 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 kind of how we run it. But I I do not. I really appreciate that, Jim, because that is going to make me, you know, go back and take a, a closer look at my strategy. I, and I I will talk to you about your strategy, you know, just off the off the camera whenever you want. Just reach out to me. Oh, if sure. I can help oh. you, I would love to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, should I? If you're on LinkedIn, I'll reach out to you on LinkedIn. Yeah, reach out. What's up? All right. Um, I did have a couple, just a couple of questions for you as well. Um, shoot, after the conversation, I don't even know if I need to ask you no more questions. I that that's worth the price of admission right there. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, you seem like you you're you're pretty uh pretty successful in the real estate industry right now. So, a question I'd like uh to ask you is, how long did it really start? How long did it really take for you to start making the uh, the kind of money you're making now? You know. Is it is it a short term turnaround? Is it a long term turnaround? What do we what what kind of mindset do we have to have going into this? So my mindset, that's a great question, right? I think so many people, I got clients from all spectrums, right? I got guys that's coming out of sports, coming out of um streets. I got ladies that's nurses, I got doctors, I got everything. So mm -hmm. first of all, we gotta do, we gotta figure out what's your game plan, what's your strategy, what's your time frame, how much money you got. Like we gotta have a real heart to heart. I gotta find these questions. I gotta ask, get these questions answered, right? So we mm. can kind of develop the strategy. Mm. So if you got time and you don't have money, I say wholesale, fix and flip. The landlord stuff will be the last thing because you're not in a position. I won't say you're in a, not in a position, but the rent money is not gonna seem as lucrative because when you got loans involved and things of that nature, you might have people with 50 properties that's probably only making $15,000 a month. I'm not mm. saying that that's not a lot of money at all, but it took them a while to get that because all those properties are leveraged and you know they got mortgages on every one of them. They got down payments. They borrow from credit cards. They're paying this off, whatever. So, But you want to make, I feel like you need to make short-term money. I made up this word medium-term money and long-term money. Right. So short term money, wholesaling. I'm in a mix every day. A good wholesaler that's working, especially like a few years ago when I was really in the game, heavy, heavy, heavy. The big money was coming from that. That was coming. It's like, OK, that would be. And I know some guys still doing one hundred thousand a month just off of wholesale because that's fast money. That's almost like in the street. So a lot of guys out the street like uh, that's why they took to like Jay Morrison and different guys, because they understand that. You know what I mean? So that's the everyday money. Now, the medium term money could be like a fix and flip where we actually buying a property with a loan. We got to fix that property up. That's right. going to take one to six months to move because we got to fix that property up. We got to make it look beautiful. We got to put it on the MLS. We got to get a buyer and then it got to close. So that's right. going to take, honestly, three to six months for real. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and you got to budget that. You got to pay that hard money loan every month. Or your investor, if you got some investor that gave you the money, you know, you holding their money, you may be paying, you may be paying juice on the loan, but you're not paying it out your pocket now. It might come in on the back end of the post. I loan people money all the time. 
So it may be that type of situation. Uh, but when you hit, it'll, it may be a greater hit than the wholesale because the wholesale is typically five to $20,000 a deal. A good fix and flip deal can be twenty to fifty, maybe even a hundred thousand dollars on one deal. But that's gonna take six months. This right here can take like two weeks because if I'm selling a wholesale to a, a guy with uh cash money, as soon as I get that deal in the contract, I send that to the title company, they run an escrow, I find a I drop it on my buyers list, find a buyer, one that really got cash, he gonna close soon as clear title come. When I say, Hey, look, how fast you can you close as soon as the title clear? That's how you know you got a real buyer. So we're looking at two weeks a month top to bang a wholesale deal. You know what I'm saying? But six, three to six months on a true fix and flip. You know, that word flip get used too loosely because wholesaling is flipping, fix and flip is flipping. You know what I'm saying? If they both get that same term used on them. So I want to know, you mean you assigning for flipping? Or you mean you're actually fixing and flipping, or you doing what's in the middle called a hotel, where it's like it's like a wholesale and retail mixture. So we might buy a property, may not fix it up for real. We might just put a paint job on, like put a wig on a pig. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then we sell it on the MLS because now we're not selling it to a buyer that want to pay you know seventy percent or eighty percent minus the rehab. We selling it on the the worldwide MLS. And so we're going to get way more money. So that's a hotel in the middle of it. And I teach that as well. And then again, you make some money. And so to avoid paying all the taxes, now you go buy a property to keep for long term for your kid. That's the game right there. That's the real game. You know, and you got the bird method where you buy the deal, you do like the fix and flip, but instead of selling it, you refinance it. You're going to make about 15% less of the profits because they're going to do it like 85% of the retail value on a refi. So you're going to have 15% still in there. Let's you go do like a, um, a HELOC or something to get the extra money. And then you're renting it out. And now you've got the long-term that way too. Okay. So that's the game of real estate. Okay. As far as on the residential side, commercial is a whole nother game. Apartments, <laughs> you know, four, five units and up when you get to the yeah. apartment game, building game, hotel flips. I've done all of them. Wow, that's that's incredible, man. That's incredible. So just so just for you, just as a businessman, I'm, I guess I'm on this just mindset mindset uh, trip right now. Just for you, just as a businessman, how long term do you think these days? Because like for me, you know, I went from thinking, you know, about the next week, well, you know, about the next day, next hour, next, you know, say next week. Now I'm thinking in terms of maybe two or three years down the road. You know what I'm saying? So, and then I like, I just like to pick, you know, successful people's brains about how long-term they think, like, like where are they, like, where's their mindset at now? Cause um, it would seem to me like, you know, you got all your needs for right now taken care of. So what are you thinking? You know, how far down the road are you thinking? I'm thinking generational. I'm thinking my daughter, everything I do right. now is like, can she get affected? Can she affect, can she positively be affected by this? Right. Yeah. So, and I went through like, you know, personal issues, you know, like relationship things. That's why I'm single and getting to go on a TV show. Now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, we, and we're not talking about uh, a couple. We're talking about a couple where whatever I make a month, she was making a month too on the mortgage side. So we like, you know, really doing a lot of things together. So, yeah. so my game is now is like, can my daughter benefit from this? And, you know, my future wife and, you know, 
kids or whatever, because I'm still young, you know? Uh, yeah. So now I'm thinking of more trust plays. I'm thinking of, um, you know, putting the kids on payroll. I'm thinking of all that type of stuff now. I think about and how can she benefit? So now that's why when everybody say, B, how you get in the film game? I said, because I got my fund manager cert a couple years ago. So of mm -hmm. course I was about to do the, um, the syndication on the real estate and then COVID hits. So there's really no deals that I could buy. Everything was froze up. Uh, tenants not paying. And so I said, okay, cool. I got to get another plate. And one of my boys bought me the movie thing. And I thought like, okay, this is just like a book, but better. This is the digital real estate. And I'm going to get paid forever on those and never have to fix a broken window. You know, never have to fix a pipe, never have to do anything, but move it from 2B to Peacock and move from Peacock to uh, Freebie or whatever else the platform at the time. You see what I'm saying? And so real estate is real estate. You know, if if I own it and it's an asset, it's real estate. WW dot whatever your podcast is, is real estate. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking long term now books, uh, motivational. Uh, I think I'm I think I'm dropping a, um, a fitness uh, course video type of thing geared towards entrepreneurs because we we make money and we we fat we we focus all the way on that and then we end up gaining a hundred pounds. I did it. And so I'm trying to I'm I'm working on balance. Um, you know, for the last year, I literally took off working and I said I let the crew run the business. If they mess it up, they mess it up. And I can let them I can let them mess up and, and I can fix it from afar versus trying to micromanage everything like we do all the time. And I could focus on getting in shape because my health was like here and my money was here. And so now it's about being here with everything. Mm. You know what I mean? So I want to live to 100. If the rate I was going, I wasn't going to make it to 50. You know what I'm saying? And so I think we, that's like a topic. Uh, since we're on a Black Men uh, podcast, we don't talk about that. Y'all probably talk about this, but a lot of entrepreneurs, we lose sight of our health and our mental health. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And so... I'm on that right now be, as well, because the healthier I am, the better my mental, the more deals I can get, the more money I can make, and the more I can leave my daughter as well. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's kind of it's kind of all, I'm trying to have like this whole holistic world where everything just kind of flow in its balance. So I don't jump on every deal. I don't do every play. There's some things I give my students and they'll go hit a lick on it because I didn't want to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Because I was more focused on this thing that I'm doing now that's going to make money 30 years from now you know yeah. a lot of the asians they don't do deals for them they do the deals for the family you know what i mean they they do a deal right now and they, they may not profit for 20 years but they're thinking that far you know i got stuck in a uh a stock a hundred grand still stuck in this stock and i and i had to start thinking like them i said i'm not selling this stock i'm not about to take a l to get the tax right off i said man i'm gonna stay in this stock if my daughter got a benefit, because it's coming up at some point, if they don't go out of business or bankrupt, that stock is going up. And then I'll be crying 20 years later and say, dang, I had that at 50 cents. I had 100,000 worth and I got rid of it to like liquidate. No, if my baby become a millionaire off of it, other than the millionaire she going to be anyway, I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? So we got to start thinking like that because when we talk generational wealth, but all your money is in the cars and the clothes and the watch you got on. Where's the generational wealth? Right, right. I don't see it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so I'm kind of like on that for real, right? Now. No, I appreciate that. That's you know, 
you dropping some real gems right there in terms of your mindset, in terms of, you know, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why we, why we set up this podcast is because we want to, we want people to be able to focus like generational wealth means generational. It doesn't mean just you getting, getting money or you getting rich. It's like you getting enough money that your cup overflows in such a way that your kids can have opportunities and things like exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because a couple of yeah. years ago, I was just fat and flashy. I had every car, every chain, every watch, you know what I'm saying? I'd done it already, you know, but now it's like, okay, my daughter's in college. Like, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not even ahead as far as I need to be. She coming fast. <laughs> she gonna be asked for a job soon. She gonna be asked for a house soon. She gonna be asked for another car soon. Right. And she made straight A's. So I have no. I can't even say no. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It, it's not. If I die tomorrow and she's not straight, I fell as a parent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If if, if when I get the you know the, the next woman in my life and I die, if she's still alive. I, and I didn't do right. I felt as a husband. I felt as a man. You know, we don't, you know, we want to be the boss until it's time to really step up and do Jack Hurst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This black man someday. Go ahead, tell you. <laughs> so it's like, be a boss at all times. You know, just far as mindset. You might not have the money, but you got to be able to have the means and the mindset to get the money. You know what I mean? And it's like, it'll come. You got to get this right first. You know, right, so right. I believe in all that. I spent so much money last year on more education because when you're the smartest person in the, in the room, you lost already. Not, so I got around true. smarter people than me. You know what I'm saying? I'm still meeting some more, you know, because it's like you can get complacent. OK, I'm in. I got students and then me and my crew and we all get money. He do this. He do this. And it's like, OK, yeah, we we have a fun. We travel around the world. Then I think about it like, yo, I'm getting a little stagnant. I need a new crew. I still don't keep this crew, but I need to go get some more info from another crew and give it back to them. So they're going to give it to, you know, because my friends are all over the spectrum. You know what I'm saying? So, gotcha, gotcha. you know, so um, so I think it's about that, man, like just really long term plays. Got you. Got you. I appreciate that. I hope I hope people catch these gems because you dropping gems all over the place. I hope they catch them. Uh, and I, I rarely come out, man. Like, I don't I don't I don't I, I don't um, I don't hang with everybody. I. You know, and you know, because I think so many of these coaches are fake, you know what I'm saying? Like standing on people's cars and all this other stuff, like no offense to it, but I never did it. You know what I mean? Like it's so easy to get into that crew. I was just telling somebody, like getting into those little clicks and everything like that. But it's like, I don't want to sell fluff. You know what I'm saying? If it's between selling fluff and making $50 million and selling straight good work, then I must and make. $2 million, I'm going to do the two because I want to sleep at night and feel like, you know what I'm saying, nobody can come back and say I played them or did them wrong or anything like that. You know what I mean? I, I want, I want my, not only do I want generational wealth, I want I want a name that can last forever. And people say, yo, this dude is solid. I don't, you know what I mean? Because I grew up around dudes that was real businessmen and solid. It was like, your word is everything. When you broke and you got no money, you get down bad and, and whatever, you go bankrupt. If you got that solid name and you got this, you'll be back on in a matter of months. But if you fucked everybody and you really <laughs> didn't know what you said you knew and you blew up off a of fluff, you're going like this right here, very fast, and you're not coming back up. And we've seen it a million times. Yeah, that's right. So I'd rather do like this right here and, and you know, just soar than to go. Right. <laughs> and you just ran and over. It's over. It's all she wrote. Yeah. And we see it happening right now. Yeah.
All right, I got I got one more question for you, and I, I get out of here. I'll throw it back to Corey. Um, you talked about you you touched on you touched on you know having balance in your life, and that really struck a chord with me because I feel like I'm in the same place right now. Like I'm in the place you were right now, trying to get where you are in terms of like you know I got a career, I make pretty decent money, but I sacrifice a lot of my mental health and my physical health, spending time working on that. And now I'm trying to come back around and be like, yo, wait a minute. Look, you can step on a scale, you may, you're like, look, I didn't put on like 50, 60 pounds. What's going on? You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, you, you can't necessarily get, you know, you're kind of more stressed than you normally are because you're trying to balance all these things. So can you talk to us a little bit about balance and how you find balance, even while you're trying to attain these things like economic freedom? The first thing is to remember, right? The stuff you see on social media is not real. First thing. Because I think a lot of us, it's like we're in competition to go so fast and why? You know what I'm saying? Let's say you're making 100000 at your job right now. You're doing great. You're doing better than most of America. You're probably in the top 10 percentile, maybe 15, but I'm, I'm thinking it's 10, you know? Um, so I'm a policy guy. It's closer to 10. <laughs> right. Me too. So why, so why do you have to make a million dollars a year? When, when at the end of the day, if you, if, you, if you sit down and came up with a strategy, if you say, my goal is to do generational wealth, well, if you want to leave your kids millions of dollars, bro, because a lot of people be fronting. Oh, I want to do this for the kids. You're doing it for you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, we can set up the right insurance policies where your kids will be millionaires off the rip. You know what I mean? So, 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 so you can set them up that way. Then, you know, let's say it's to be in real estate. You don't have to buy 50 houses today. You know, we could do set up a real strategy. Okay, we're gonna buy a house a quarter. Or we're gonna buy two houses a year. Ten years is gonna pass anyway. Five years is gonna pass anyway. If I bought three houses a year for the next five years, I got 15 houses. You know what I'm saying? The people that we see that we admire that got 20, 30 houses, bro, they didn't buy all those houses in one year. It took them time. You just met them because you was renting from them or you met them at the real group and they're like, oh, I got 40 houses. We never asked them how long it took to get to 40 houses. You know what I'm saying? We just said, you know what? I'm going to wake up in the morning and go to the festival that everybody is at and I'm going to buy me 50 houses. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to buy the houses tomorrow. And I think that's what we mess up at. We, we feel like, and, and especially if we pass 30 or we pass 40, we feel like, the time's running out. But if it's really about a generation, the time is not running out. Man. Because not only are we going to do this and we're going to do it right and consistent, because I did a lot of shit like fast and, you know, ghetto mentality when I was coming up, you know, because, again, half of me was a street side and half of me was a business side, a church side. And it depends on what day of the week who I was letting, you know, in control of the business. A lot of times street one got in control of the business, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so so I, I can relate when you say this scheme or that scheme. And so we like, okay, we got to do this fast. But, bro, a lot of times you got to slow down, step away from it and think and rationale and say, okay, what's the real play, especially if you got a wife or a significant other, what is going to be our game plan? What is going to be our, because it's two of y'all, right? So it may be a situation where it's like, baby, you go to work, it depends on who's who has the better job. If y'all was gonna play it this way, you go to work, you make whatever a year. I'm the hustler, or a lot of times the woman is the hustler. <laughs> you know what I'm saying nowadays. So maybe 
you go to work and you do the hustle, but it's to do this goal. And so I'm going to find deals. I'm going, you know, I'm going to get in the grind and get with the wholesalers and get with the realtors and get with these people. And, you know, I'm going to manage the real estate portfolio while you're at work. But that don't mean you being lazy and sleeping all day. I'm talking, I'm really grinding. You know what I mean? This how I this how I got on for real. You know what I'm saying? Like I had a woman that was like so supportive of me. You know what I mean? So it's like I was getting money and then I was like, you know, I take three steps forward and a step back, and then two steps and then one, and then a hit coming out, and I fall off a little bit. But when I got the right person at that time that was with me, it was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna take care of this. Now you can go focus and go to school and finish this. You know what I'm saying? Now you can go to real estate school. You see what I'm saying? Or you can go do this or that or whatever the situation is. So now I can go be that that leader, that boss that I'm trying to be. I can get the shit done, basically. You know what I'm saying? And we didn't have to trust on somebody else to get our stuff done for us. That's a strategy. If you're not the hustler and she's not the hustler, can y'all both go to work? And then y'all hook up with the, the person that's going to feed y'all the deals. But it, it's just about really just finding, it just finds like what works for you in your situation. Because the guy at, the guy at, um, you know, Brandon's, the way Brandon's story lined up may not be the way your story lines up, right? And the way Will Roundtree's story round, lines up, it may not be how yours lined up, but your culture and your household is going to be, you know, you got to sit down and say, what's our culture? And what's our strategy? But beyond that, what's our goal? You see what I'm saying? So once you find out the goal, you've got an engineer mindset, I can tell. So you just back into it. Don't just think you just got to go buy 100 houses. Let's back into it. How many? Because it works. I want this many houses. This is my long-term goal. This is my short-term goal. This is my mid-term goal. And this is my long-term goal. And let's just try to hit those markets. And then, and then every year we sit down at the table and we and we say, okay, what do we do right? Sometimes we might, sometimes we may not hit our goals, but if, if the goal was a deal a quarter and we bought three, we're not mad. You know what I'm saying? Uh, or if the goal was was four a quarter and a great deal just popped up and we had the money, we got five houses this year. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and then we sit down and then we we refine the process and we make it better. And you can always, once you get really good at it and more money comes or whatever, then it's like, okay, now we can fast track. Crawl, walk, run. You got to crawl first. People just want to run. But when you just start running and you're not in shape, you know what's going to happen. You're going to pull a hamstring. You're going to pull a quad. You're going to be out of breath. You're going you're gonna to fall out from heat exhaustion. But because you didn't crawl and you didn't walk, you just want to run. So you got to like literally... Come up with the game plan, ease into it. The first year might not even be so easy. So you may need to say, okay, we might buy two houses. We might buy one house this quarter, this year. We might buy one this year. We'll catch up on the other years. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay. Give ourselves that one year. Because again, we don't want to buy the wrong deal. Because we'll buy one deal and then that deal be the deal from hell. But sometimes you need the deal from hell, right? So that teaches you how to, not go crazy when somebody call you in the, in the house flood. You'd be like, okay, cool. Don't worry. I got, because you got your systems in place because you didn't been through the worst. If I'm coaching you, there's nothing you can call me about other than you getting robbed or somebody doing something to you that I'm going to get frantic about because I've seen everything that you're about to go through. I get excited when you make money and close your first deal because I can never relive that for myself again. But you call me and say, B, 
the lender said they denied my loan because blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, cool. Okay, relax. Um, I'm going to send it to another lender. But it's the world of you at this moment. You know what right. I'm saying? And that's why you need a coach, buddy. I'm going to take a Bible quote. Lean not on your own understanding because your understanding is not there at the moment. You might went to a festival and listen to a tape, but your understanding is still not there. You're the coach. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what I'm saying about like having, you know, a coach, having systems, having goals, and having the process to actually just crawl, walk, and run. Now, next year, you might not even coach so much because, hell, you might be coaching. You know what I'm saying? And that may be another way to supplement the income. You know, but if somebody start coaching me, and imagine if I was coaching and y'all drilled me with these questions and I couldn't answer them. And I was like, oh, oh, you know, I'm lying, bro. But you know, I'm not lying because I haven't done this too long. I can talk about this all day. You know what I'm saying? Because I, because beyond making money, bro, I went, I done every, I went through every bad experience in real estate and finance that you can imagine from paying millions of dollars to the, to the government, the IRS going through no, the stuff nobody talks about. I've been through it. You know what I'm saying? What happens when you're young and you're getting money and you don't got no account? <laughs> I've been through all this stuff, bro. But again, you wanted to run. I wanted to run. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to talk to my mentor. Oh, I don't need him. He, oh, I'm talking to this mentor. He get money. You know what I'm saying? So you got to think about all that, bro. And that's why, you know, like I can sit in a situation and be just more at peace and not be so antsy, you know, no matter what, because I know everything, you know, business does this. It does a roller coaster. I learned it in economics class because, again, you know, going to college helped me more than real estate school. You know what I'm saying? But my thing is, okay, if I'm doing, if I got this roller coaster, because we know business goes up and down in the cycle, especially real estate. I can tell you when to list your properties, when they're not going to sell, when they are going to sell, when you're going to lose money, when you're not, just like the stock market. But now you got that, and then you got another business, or your wife got a business. When this one is down, this one could be up. You know what I'm saying? You know, so, and then you got another thing that's the rent that's just kind of like this and it's a like steady, you know? So, so now you got all kinds of, so like when you look at somebody that plays stocks and you look at their charts, you don't know what the hell is going on, but they could buy it like that. That was down, that was up, that was steady. And so the more steady ones you can have, the more up ones, we cool about the ups, but we're not excited about the ups because it's going to go down. We're not tripping about the downs because we've been here and it's going to go back up. Focus on getting those smooth ones across the board too. The more the more steady ones I got going across the board, that's what my lifestyle is based on. So you may see this and think, oh, he up. Or this business is down. Yeah, that's cool. But it's about having this. So that's why I tell people don't even quit your job just yet because that's this. Okay. And you can you know, do the investment on the side and just doing that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just logical, just thinking like that. It, it took a long time to get there because I always started this and I ain't never going to do this. And if I do this, I ain't tripping because I'm going to come back up because I'm a hustler. Your legs going to get weak. You can't do that forever. You know what I'm saying? Your 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 mental is going to get weak. You can't do that forever. And your kids can't eat when you're down here. You know what I'm saying? So you got to think about that. As a man, as a woman, as a businessman, as a partner, whatever it is. You know what I mean? So that's the type of stuff that I try to teach. I really love investors that have jobs. Don't think like, okay, I'm going to start doing real estate and get 10 properties and quit my job. Depending on what job you have, you're going to be poor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you make six figures and you buy 10 houses and they all got mortgages, 
you're not getting rich off of 10 houses. It's not gonna happen until you refi all of them and take the money. And if you are a smart businessman, you put it back in there tax-free and get more houses. Because again, it's about generational wealth, right? You know what I mean? So that's the generation. Cool, and cool. I'm sorry to rant, but I want to give it to you. I want to give you the real. Nah, cool, man. I appreciate you. It's great information you've been giving. There's so many different things that we could pull on and talk about. A handful of folks that we get on that we like, man, we need to have them back. You, you, I think you're gonna be one of those that we we might we might need to have. We might need to have you back more than once. I don't know. I, you know, Corey, Corey's the Corey's the manager of this project right here. So I, I, well, like, I just won my first um uh men's physique competition so like my new oh, thing dude. is fitness and finance i'm 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 on balance right now it's like yo it gotta be we, i'm on fitness and finance so i got so i got more than one i got more than two or three yeah. tricks to talk about you know what yeah, i'm saying i'm not a one trick I, I wanted to pull on that a little bit but we might have to say that for another time because i definitely that's what i'm saying about because you know because like i said that's i feel like that's where i'm at now like i just got a peloton you know what i'm saying i'll be riding that thing like three times a week so you know and then i changed my diet up because I'm doing all this stuff, you know, and like I, I'm I'm trying to be successful, trying to be stable. I got, like I said, I make decent money. Now I'm trying to get an investment. I'm looking to spin off a couple of different businesses, think, different things like that. But I started looking at myself. I'm like, well, what's going on with me, though? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what's really going on with me, though? Like, am I, you know, and so now I'm coming back and I'm like, I need to start taking care of me because you got older kids. I got young kids. I got a, I got a, a six-year-old a daughter and a four-year-old son. And I'm like, I need to be around. You know what I'm saying? Same, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So I want more kids and work, I, may, yeah. I may get a woman with a young kid. You know what I'm saying? So right. I got to right. teach him how to play football and, right. and, and work out and run track. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, Same yeah. Thing. Yeah, so that's that was my that's that's been my thing now. It's like like I need to I, I want to be around. Like I want to just get the money and then I'm out of here. And then, <laughs> they or, or you get they the money, but they got the money. <laughs> check, check out this analogy I got. I've been telling everybody, it, and this has been me. Right, you get yeah. you get the money. You got a hundred thousand coming in every month. You go to the beach, but you you don't even feel comfortable about taking your shirt off and walking on the beach. You just sitting on on the beach with your shirt on. And this, and this other dude, he might not have no money, but he in shape. And, you know, your girl looking at him like, what the, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, 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 and like, look, I did a movie, uh, Quick Money, that was kind of based on my life. And Don uh, Brumfield pops up, you know, from Black Ink, who he's one of my best friends in the world now. Oh, but okay. he played me. And so I got AP watch on. I give him a Rolex to wear. I'm in my, I ship my uh, drop top there and everything I got on a, $2,000 outfit, and this dude pops up with a t-shirt and an Apple watch, and the girl's like, oh, look at him, look at him. I said, oh, hell no. I'm getting a gym. You know what I'm saying? I said, bro, I'm hanging with you every day. Whatever meals we got to order for you, because we spent a lot of money on his meal preps. I said, tell him to order me that, too. I ain't eating no catering from the <laughs> from the craft service, and I've been rocking with him ever since, and he was one of the ones that motivated me to do this, and he said, B, you're going to be such a you, you know, you're going to be so inspirational to fitness, to, to like financial people and real business people. They're going to be like, he did it. And they're not going to say Don did it because Don was already in shape and famous. They're going to be like, that fat dude did it. You know what I'm saying? Look at him. Uh, until they, you know, they find out my background, but still, it don't matter. So yeah. Last year, I was out to here. I was going through what you was going through. And now it's like, I could pull up in the room and I could have no money. I'm going to get some money. Somebody gonna, somebody gonna walk up to me and be like, yo, what's up? What you do? I wanna get with you. 
I want to work with you. You know what I'm saying? So again, you want to be as attractive in person as you are on paper. Word. That's the see. That's it. See what I'm saying? <laughs> that's it, right. Don't be trying to gain money and lose your health, bro. Right. That's don't, it. You, you know what I'm saying? You're trying to find some money and you lose yourself and your health and yeah. your mental. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm. So now I'm branding the fitness and finance coach. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that sounds like your next book right there. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. Brand new you. Yeah. That's what's all right. I'll throw it back to Corey. We didn't got off of the conversation, but but I it's, it, Brad. I it's mean, I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you really taking it, having a conversation with us, and and dropping this knowledge on us, man. I real. appreciate y'all having me, bro. I love y'all more than y'all can. Y'all my new friends. <laughs> That's what's up. I yeah. like. Y'all. Yeah, no doubt, man. I was gonna ask you, man. You enjoying yourself on Black Men Sundays, my brother? I love Black Men Sundays, man. This this look. I'm at least gonna start tuning in. It look. I'm gonna do church. Do my workout, go eat, you know, have my cheap meals and stuff. And I'm watching this. So, look, I'm going to be a fan first. I'm a fan now. Uh, and if y'all have me again, I'll, I'll, I'll look. I mean, we need you here. I'll, I'll just tune in. If you see me on here, click. I'll click in. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. I've been showing us mad love, a lot of love, man. And before I let you go. I'm um, working out with Ivan. So I know you see him looking really buff now. Oh no! I know. It's funny. I've only me and Ivan just emailed. I've never seen him or nothing like. Wait that. till you see him. Okay. I've been getting real sexy on him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Look, he like B. We need a podcast now. Him and his wife coming out with a podcast. Me and him doing some things. Look, it's something about transforming that body and say, "Oh, I'm ready to get on stage now. I'm ready to get on TV now. I'm ready to talk." You know what I'm saying? And Ivan is there. Yeah, definitely. I'm at to holler at you, man, because I have a couple uh MC gigs coming up in October. I'm trying to, you know, chill out on the Heinekens and all that because I like I like me a beer or cup too. You know, football season coming up, beer and a couple steak and eggs or a steak and potatoes. So I'm gonna have to like chill a little bit. You so, see what I'm on, right? Yeah, see that water, water, water. I don't know if that's water because I know people that'll hold that up, but I know that ain't water though. But I know that's water in yours. Well, so. if I could drink, <laughs> if I could drink some back in school, like you know. Yeah, in college. But if I could drink, like I'm drinking this, yeah, I'd be something else. No. <laughs> De definitely. And my last question before I let you get out of here, man, is, um, you know, you do six figures a month. So you getting money, man. Is the Airbnb, though, the fastest way to get rich off real estate? No. Airbnb is kind of getting super regulated right now. In Atlanta, you can only have one, you know. And the second one, you got to live in it. So, you know, dudes in Atlanta will definitely go against the grain and they will push it. They will push it. They will come up with a strategy uh, to, to do it. I don't want to come up with an extra strategy to do nothing that they go pop. You know what I'm saying? So uh, Atlanta's it, Airbnb is kind of done to me in, in Atlanta, but there's markets that is not done. Uh, what we're looking at right now is doing stuff in uh, Dominican Republic, Columbia, places a lot of guys go. I'm, I'm rocking with uh, my boy, uh, Black Men Travel, uh, Passport Bros. You know, I'm actually training the guy that's over Passport Bros right now, doing his workout stuff for him. Um, those guys have the means and they travel a lot. So it's like when you're inside of a group like that and you got a property that's in one of the places they frequent, then it's easy to make a lot of money through Airbnb that way. Um, I know a lot of nurses that, you know, when the nurses travel, they may put people in there in, in their Airbnbs, it's actually more like 
you know, dealing with their niche, but they're still using Airbnb as like their, their processor or whatever. Uh, so I like that. Uh, certain vacation places like Florida is always going to hit. Uh, I got one in Myrtle Beach. That's a cool place. Um, you know, so it's like, but a lot of places like Nashville is, is about to be over. I think the hotels are lobbying against it right now. Uh, but you can still make some money on it. I suggest doing the subleasing version of it, but some places don't let you do it. A lot of apartment buildings. So you, you know, that in itself, if you get in the Airbnb, you can make money, but if you don't know the rules, you're going to lose at that as well. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's one of the ones you can get real fines for and get kicked out of apartments, uh, get fines from the city. So if you're playing the game, you got to know the rules and you got to know, um, the regulations and the, and the zoning, you got to know a lot of stuff. So I got a person on my team. That's all they do is Airbnb. That's their specialty. Um, and, you know, I would love if you want to learn that part of the game, you need a coach, man. You know, because now we're talking our, our livelihood. You know, it may get to the point where we, you know, get time about this because it's, it's that it's like they pretty much outlawing it in, in certain markets. So just because you live in Atlanta don't mean your properties have to be in Atlanta. Or if you live in D.C., you know, like like Baltimore, D.C., they got their full Baltimore and D.C. I wouldn't buy any rental property there right now because they're like four to tenants. And I've had students there that we bought deals and like the the drug addicts would literally take over the property and wouldn't move out. And it was like squatting forever. And, it's you know, when we talk about, you know, fixing and flipping and doing these deals. Some some places you, you got to account for kicking the squatters out. That might be three more months. You know what I'm saying? Like crazy stuff. So, again, you know, every 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 strategy, you got to know more than just the definition of that strategy. You know, it sounds good throwing them turns out. Those terms sound so sexy, but you got to know what comes with those terms. You know what I'm saying? So even Airbnbs and double close, you got to know what cities is. You got to know what cities you cannot do double closing. In. You got to know that Florida, it got to be a round table transaction where everybody at the table got to know what's up. And you got to realize, am I going to Florida? Do I got enough game to do a deal, a round table deal and tell and look the dude in his eye and say, I'm making 50,000 off this deal. And you either want it or not, or um, are we not going to go? Are we not going to do Florida? You got to decide what kind of person you are. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go get the money. You don't want it, leave. But you got certain people that's more timid. They're going to back down when it's time to do a round table transaction because they don't have it here. You know what I'm saying? I got heart of a lion written on my chest. I'm walking into anything, you know what I'm saying? And I'm ready to do it. So I just say that to say every term, every strategy comes with, there's dudes that did that one strategy and made millions of dollars and they did it their whole career. We want to do every strategy. So you got to get some information, some knowledge and deal with some credible people. Not just go to a, a festival and think that's going to teach you all the game. And then you'd be bankrupt in jail, paying taxes and having people after you trying to kill you in the next year. Nobody talk about. It. So that's the thing. That's the follow up. Great information, man. You, hey, man, you slayed this show, man. Black Men Sundays, Brandon Lee. Thanks for coming on Black Men Sundays, my brother. And enjoy your work. We can enjoy the rest of your day, man. Thanks for having me, man. This was refreshing. I love it. And I'm a subscriber and a fan. And I'm blasting y'all all over my pages. It's a Black Man Sunday.